What is the biggest problem affecting your PDR business? What is the one thing holding you back from taking the next step? What do you need to change to get the business growth you want? All these questions have the same answer. It's your mindset. My name is Corey Kleinfeld, and this is the PDR Coach Podcast, where I coach you on mindset around yourself and your PDR business. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the PDR Coach Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have me, just me. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Mobile Tech Expo. Um, I have no notes. I'm just going to talk about my experience, what I learned, uh, how much I grew during this weekend, and how I think events like these are super important for your business. Um, I didn't always go to MTEs to start way far back. Um, I was probably the, I was probably the technician that was like, ah, I get it. Tools, education day. Maybe I'll learn a little something, but why should I fly across the country or, or fly to Vegas and put myself up in a hotel and, spend all the time, miss out on making money, et cetera, to go to this place. I was that guy. We've all been that guy at some point. MT, I think MT is 25 years now. And the first few were not, not a lot of people there. Right. And now more and more COVID messed things up a little bit, but hopefully they do come back to being very, very busy. But everybody was that guy at some point. I talked to several people this weekend that were that guy you know, one year ago, two years ago, three years ago, mine was more like four or five years ago. Now at this point, maybe four, um, where they're like, they, they, they don't feel like they need it. Right. They don't feel like it's, it's, it's necessary or important, or it's going to change their life in, in any way. Um, so my first thought is that's not true. I think if you are listening to this podcast, and you're paying attention to things that are going on, I think MTE should be something that you strive for, save for, plan out, figure out how to make it happen, whether you have to bring your family, do a little family trip mixed in with it, or you run out for two, two three days and try to make it happen, I would, I would highly suggest um, you make it happen. If you've heard a lot of my podcast episodes in the past, I have um, kind of a way I live, live my life by called The Process. It's the bear process. B-E-A-R, belief, environment, action, results. And, and and this is, the MTE environment is unreplicable by anything else in our industry. Um, even if you know techs in your area, or if you're part of a uh, of a actual PDR business where you uh, have other PDR techs that you're surrounded by, um, it, it's just different. The camaraderie that happens the people that you get to meet, the edu- the education that gets exchanged in a short period of time, the bonds that you can make um, while having those conversations, lunches, dinners, um, just walking around the show at the bar late at night, etc. <laughs> right, all those spots are are times to connect with other dank guys in ways that you may not know how can potentially change your business. Um, so I did a speech on Education Day. Um, I've, every time I've been to the MTE, I've been to the Education Day um, because, as you all know, that's kind of my lane. <laughs> I like learning that stuff. 
whether it's the marketing or sales or the new systems or social media or whatever. Um, I did a speech this time and from, from everybody who told me (laughs) it was, it was well received something that was different than normal. Uh, I focused on, you know, the mindset side of things, kind of the way I phrased it in my speech was there's a lot of tools that you can get there, whether it's physical PDR tools or other education days where you can get mental or business tools to help you grow your business. But what I was focused on was the toolbox itself. So basically your mindset, your mind, what you need to prepare for, what you need to believe in, And the reason you need to have in order to make all these things that you're going to learn at the MTE worthwhile, are you going to take all that stuff that you do learn the, uh, the education day and the tools and the conversations with other people, you get, how can you take all that and implement it into your life and business and grow your business, grow as a person and be successful. So that was what my talk was about. It seemed well received. I will do it again. Not the same talk, but a different talk in Florida um, because it's just a little different. It's it's not something that happens a lot at MTE. Um, and I had several of, of you, you know who you are, who came up to me after and said I helped you in base, by telling one of my stories in some way or another. And I appreciate that. So for all the guys, there's a lot of people who host podcasts and, and, and affect the industry in their own way, whether it's tool training or, or creating tools or physical PDR training or hosting a podcast or something. And to have people come up privately to you and say, thank you for what you do and how you have helped them over the years and all that stuff is, is, is the reason why we all do it, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I don't make any money off the podcast. I know that I don't think any other podcasts really make money in this industry, maybe some back end way, like it does help me with coaching, maybe some other podcasts help people sell tools or whatever. So there is some benefit to it, but, um, you know, we could all make more money spending the time fixing dents every day, but, uh, we, we want to all give back in, in a way that, um, we're able to, to help those, those techs coming behind us find success easier in the industry. So a little tangent, but thank you for everybody who did that. Um, but this Mobile Tech Expo was was interesting. It was a smaller crowd than normal. I went to the first and only Vegas MTE, and it was a small crowd. But this one was even smaller. Obviously, you know, due to the fact of COVID, I would I would imagine not. There's a lot of people who don't want to be in a room with 300 other people not wearing masks, um, and I get that. But uh, hopefully, that'll change next time around. But a little smaller, but also probably one of my favorite because it opened up opportunities to really connect with a lot of people. I've been to MTEs before where you're at the bar after the show and there's literally hundreds of technicians and really hard to have a long conversation or get kind of deep into a business or get to know somebody when there's, you know, hundreds of other people that everyone wants to talk to this person or that person or get to know each other or whatever. So this was cool because um, there were times where I was sitting around for hours with, you know, seven other people, really, really great people and really got to know them. And that, and that was an awesome experience, um, an environment that you would get nowhere else and you may, and may not be replicated again at any other MTE, to be honest. Um, because I'm assuming that will, the attendance will go up 
more and more. Um, so that was really awesome. A lot of tool companies couldn't make it. Um, I think they had deals online, so hopefully you guys found those. Um, what else happened? So we we did, uh, so it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then I competed in the Den Olympics, and, um, which honestly... It was, it was interesting going into it. Cause I, it's, 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 it's a scary thing. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Like i feel like I'm a good tech. I think a lot of guys out there feel like they're good, like really good technicians. Are you great? Maybe borderline, right? Like sometimes you think you are, sometimes you think you aren't. And, uh, it's a very unique experience to, uh, compete in the Den Olympics, or this is actually called the Dent trials. It's a little different. And slight, slight tangent, Dent Olympics in Florida, one dent, I believe it's 45 minutes, a really deep dent on a door, fix it as perfect and flat as you can, you judge on that one dent. That's Florida. The Vegas Dent Trials, a little different, is one dent in a door, one dent in a fender through the body line, and one dent on a rail. Um, you can use no heat, uh, no sanding or toll cut, and no buffing. And you got to fix the dents as flat with, you know, as flat as you can, least amount of texture, cross check, et cetera. And you have 90 minutes to complete all three dents. If you guys want to see the dents, um, I will make a video about it. It was on my stories. I don't think I posted it on my timeline, but I will post it on my timeline. So you can go check out uh, Coach Corey K uh, Instagram and you can check out those dents. They're real dents. They're they're significant, significantly difficult um, repairs. And then add the time crunch. And then to go back to what I was talking about, the unique experience is you add the very difficult dents, the time crunch, 90 minutes, typically like all the people competing in that, in that trials could have fixed these dents. They were not unfixable by any means, but within 90 minutes, (laughs) very, very difficult to do. Um, usually probably be more like three to four hours and you'd get 800 to a thousand dollars for all three of those dents and everybody would be happy the customer the technician everybody but they gave you 90 minutes because that's a test it's a trials right um but the uniqueness of it is having uh you know anywhere from 10 to 50 other techs who know what they're doing and who are great techs in their own right watching you (laughs) and I mean, I remember, I specifically remember the first retail dent I did when I was like 19 years old or 18, maybe driving to a customer's house, charging a, what I thought was a high price at the time. It was probably like 150 bucks or something, but, and fixing it while that customer watched on a black Mercedes. I I remember it nervous as, I mean, man, anything I've ever been in my life. Um, and those nerve, I remember being that nervous and I haven't been that nervous, you know, since that first time it gets a little better every time. And now I go fix retail jobs and I'm not nervous at all. Uh, but now at the dent trials, (laughs) it's a whole different experience. I felt like I was my first dent I've ever fixed in the sense of how nervous I was. I was talking to a couple guys that were watching on the outside as I'm trying to put the glue on my glue tab and my hands, like, I'm like, I'm going to put this glue tab in literally in the wrong spot because my hands are shaking so much. And my heart is beating so fast. Um, but that being said, I think it's an experience as a, as a, if you believe you're a qualified technician and you think you're good and you know that you can put stuff on video and you're happy about it and you can zoom in and, and it's a high quality repair and stuff, you, you have to try it. 
it's an experience that you can't that you can't get anywhere else and that's again another environment thing and you really it's really good to know like how kind of how do i stack up um with other guys like am i a good tech can i improve um most people are scared to do that. I understand, including myself, for the first multiple MTEs I went to. I'm like, ah, I don't need to do that. Whether you'll say, like, I'm not paying to fix a dent. I only get paid to fix a dent. Okay. Pretty lame excuse, in my opinion. Um, it's 150 bucks first of all. And if you do win, you I got, like, thousands of dollars worth of tools. So consider it a gamble, like you're in Vegas. <laughs> um or they, or or they just don't believe that they're capable, or they, the dents are too hard, or whatever. Like if you're a good tech, and you fix some really crazy stuff, you have to at least try it once because it's an experience that you can't get anywhere else. Um, the only downside that there is is your ego will get hurt. <laughs> I mean, if you really think about it, that's the only downside. When you go back to your hometown. Um, I think the winner this year lived in Chicago, or I think Illinois, actually, not Chicago, but I think Illinois. Um, when he goes back there, whether he won first place or last place, his customers will not know. He will still be an amazing technician. Um, it's not going to hurt his business in any way. The only downside to you is that your ego might get hurt. Um, and we have egos. Everybody has an ego. There is a, It is good to have one, but we can't go to the point to where we are scared to do something because we're scared our ego might get hurt. We're scared this one dent guy might say something. We're scared that this one person might judge our repairs, etc. Um, so that's my thought about it. I, I do think that it's an experience that everyone should at least try once. Um, obviously, not everyone can win or place top five or anything like that. But but doing it and say you're doing it, try to hit that top ten. Try to you know at least at least put yourself out there, take that action, um, and at least try and compete and see, kind of see where you stack up and then take that back. If you don't win, take it back as fuel to continually get better. If you do win, cool. Like maybe you are pretty decent tech and that's a really cool thing to know. Um, I did play second in the dent trials, which I'm very happy about, but it's also not first. (laughs) So there's the ego, right? A little bit of the ego thing going in there. So, um, super difficult repairs the guy who um got first his repairs were amazing as well and in the 90 minutes it's uh it's fast it's fast especially when your heart's beating fast and people are watching you um but super great experience i'm glad that uh i did place at least because you always doubt you know you always doubt yourself up until the very moment that they tell you got second or first or fifth like am i am i actually like a decent technician you know um, so that was an awesome experience. I would say overall, like, I mean, my favorite MTE, um, for myself personally, I went in there with a lot of goals and, and I talk about this stuff, call myself the PDR coach. I do coach technicians in a mastermind group in a one-on-one setting in the PDR young guns, uh, group in the PDR Launchpad, bringing people out from their, what they're currently doing into the PDR industry. I do coach all that, all those people, um, because I'm in a position to do so because I'm I, essentially I'm where they would want to be in X number of years. And I have the ability to do that by any, it doesn't mean by any means that I am the 
smartest technician or the I understand the most or I'm the 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 best businessman in the world or anything like that. Um, and so just to be clear, like I, I I continually have to push myself just because I tell someone else to do something as their coach from an outside perspective, from a non-emotional point of view from them. Like, of course you should go do this with your business. Doesn't mean that I don't struggle with that stuff. So going into this MTE, signing up to speak, very difficult process for me. Um, I'm pretty good behind a microphone staring at my computer with no one looking at me. Um, (laughs) That's a lot easier than standing in front of a room of somewhere between I don't know, 40 or 60 people that were in that room, very different experience. Um, and a lot more difficult to stand up in front of the room and put yourself out there and talk about things that maybe some people won't receive that well. And am I, is this good information? Are people going to be bored? Are people going to get up and walk out? All those questions that I had are questions that you will have. Um, if you feel like you could provide value for education day in some way, in some unique way, you should, right? You, you sign up to speak. We're not paid speakers. We don't really, I mean, there's no, you, you just, you imparting knowledge into, into the industry, ask him to ask him to speak. You can speak. But the point being is that me saying all that, um, I I'm nervous. It's hard for me. It's outside of my comfort zone. I have to continually push myself. And so at, this MTE, that's what I did. I was there for a purpose to do that, to push myself, to make new connections, to speak in front of people, which I've done that size crowd. Never. Um, I have done some little stuff intro to, for other people or whatever in front of 10, 15 people, I can get up and talk in front of a shop full of technicians or something like that. But speaking in front of, you know, 40, 60 people, I don't know how many were there, something like that. Um, with a, with a planned speech, with trying to provide value and all that stuff, very difficult. Um, and so push myself outside my comfort zone there. And with the dent trials, push myself outside my comfort zone. Any, anybody that is doing the dent trials, especially for the first time, which is what I is, is outside their comfort zone. It's, it's, it's scary. It's nerve wracking. People are watching you. You're fixing a dent and there's 20 other guys standing around potentially judging the way you do it, talking about what you're doing, how you're fixing it. Well, I can't believe he's using that tool. He's using that light, whatever. Right. And then, and then, so I, I fix, so for the dent trials, I fixed the fender first and then I moved to the rail and I fix with my, my left cheek on the rail as I fix it in and I can see the crowd of people out there and all the technicians out there kind of windshield wiper in their head back and forth, looking at my fender dent to see if they can catch that, you know, that reflection and that's nerve wracking like that. That is outside of any technician's comfort zone to do. Um, and I'm a big proponent of telling my clients and telling the people in my life and, and the people that ask for my opinion to push themselves outside their comfort zone, make that YouTube video, go to that dealership, um, sell yourself in that way, quote high prices, put continually push yourself outside your comfort zone. And so that's what I did this weekend. Um, and it's scary, but in the end, it's what makes you grow. I feel like I'm a better speaker. I feel like I'm a better technician. I feel like I'm a better person because I did those things and nerve, nervous as hell, doubtful, asking myself doubting questions going into it, just like everybody else. Um, 
but being prepared to do so, having the belief that I'm capable of giving a speech or winning the Olympics or second at least, <laughs> or, um, or doing those things and then having a reason to go do that, a reason, a big enough reason that you want to do that to prove to yourself um, that you're capable of doing that. <clears throat> Preparation, belief, and reason um, was a big part of what my speech was about um, and making decisions, uh, making decisions to do these things. It's an easy decision. You sign up for it. Sign up for it before you're ready and then do what's necessary to be ready for it. That's pretty much the motto of life for me at this point in my life on the growth that I'm trying to find. Sign up to, for education day. You know, I did that on the last MT that got canceled. I did a video speech. I don't think very many people saw it cause it was, wasn't that well attended. I don't think, um, but I signed up a year ago and then as it gets closer, it's closer. It's like, I better, I better make this thing amazing. I better make this happen. Right. Sign up for the Den Olympics. I've been preparing all my life for that thing. Apparently. Right. There's no specific practice I did, but um, except for trying to talk myself how I'm going to do it, set time limits on each dent, et cetera. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, and then, so make those decisions and then grow in whatever, prepare, however you need to do in order to um, make those things happen, right? In, in order to achieve the result that you want. So uh, a, peop- a lot of people have DM'd me and messaged me and stuff and asked me at the show about how, how I fix those, the dance. And I know everyone's curious about that. And I'm an open book on sharing this type of stuff. Um, again, if you listen to my podcast, I am not a big tool person. I do have a lot of tools I've accumulated over the years. Um, I have a lot of rods from back in the day that have worked for me for a long period of time. So I'm not huge on buying tons of new, rods although i am grateful that they're out there because it does make you better faster um it would have been a lot easier if i had interchangeable tips 10 years ago (laughs) i can tell you that much um so going into this i planned on not using very many tools and i didn't so between the um fender dent and the door dent i used one tool and now that i think about i think i used I think I used another tool for a quick second on the fender because <clears throat> my fender dent was actually right behind the um, fender liner clip receiver. So that little that little half circle with the hole in it where the clip goes into, my dent was like right behind that. So if you use flat bar, if you're used to using flat bars right there, you need an extension or something to make it work. But I couldn't quite get my double bend that I was using in down in there. So I think I used a just a 90 degree for a quick second to get down a little lower. But anyways, besides that, besides that, you know, maybe one minute of pushing or 30 seconds pushing with that, I used one tool for both the fender and the door. It was a Dentcraft 24 inch double bend. I don't know the number of it, but that's what it is. It's got like a green tealish handle. I used that for the fender with an R4 tip and I put a red cherry cap on it to start the fender dent. And then I took it off to finish the fender dent. <laughs> and I used obviously ham- hammers and knockdowns, various tips on that, some soft ones, some direct, uh, some straight like metal VIP type, type uh, stuff. And I think some ballistic tap downs or uh, uh, tips also. So basically, yeah, that was the fender, um, you know, started soft, pushed it out to a point, you know, pushed it out far enough. Um, as far as I could without tapping the crowns down um, and the paint not cracking. 
So try to find that balance and then a little bit of tapping and blending and then back to pushing um, until I got as far as I could in 20 minutes. <laughs> um, and then the door, I just did, I'd use the same double bend. Um, and actually I was talking to the winner also and he used the same tool, believe it or not, is what I believe is what he told me. It might've been a different length or I think, he, I think he said he put an extension on it before he used the R4, but same tool, believe it or not. So um, kudos to that tool, I guess. Um, I'm actually not sure if he worked inverted or not upside down. but So I used the same 24-inch um, double bend uh, with the R4 tip. I did not use a cherry cap. I was direct metal on metal the entire time from the first push to the last push. Um, I used a light down the side of the panel and I used a mini light on the bottom so I can look at the dent both directions, cross check as I went. Um, I would say roughly I was trying to count, but I was very nervous. So my count might be off, but my estimation is that somewhere around 300 pushes or so on the center of that dent before I basically saw any change. Um, I like that R4 tip cause it has little notches in it and it kind of grabs the metal instead of like a smoothed finish. It doesn't slip really. And so I, um, pushed on it 300 times, very tiny pushes. Um, not nothing that really, no one push really made it a significant change in the, in the dent. I mean, it did on a, on a level that I couldn't see, but, um, no real big visual change, um, until, until it starts to do that. until the, until the metal, metal, metal is more gathered up at the bottom. The metal starts to strengthen up a little bit. And I pushed her a long time, probably like man, 20 minutes. I gave myself 50 minutes on the door. I actually ended up using 45. So let's say 45 on the door. Cause I went back to the fender to finish 45 on the door, hundreds of pushes, probably 20, 20 minutes, maybe 25 minutes of pushing before I did any tapping. Um, I understand the theory of widening the den out, but when you're in a time crunch of 90 minutes, the more you widen a den out, the more you have to go back later and fix that to some extent, even if you're a master blender, which I am not, I am a hammer knockdown guy. So maybe that doesn't uh, hold true for blending. I don't know. Um, but uh, many, as many pushes as I possibly could. And once I went to hammer and, and knock down after 20 minutes, I don't know, somewhere between 15 and 25 minutes, the metal was very tight, not floppy at all. Um, there was no oil can to it whatsoever at any point during my repair. Um, and that helps to finish when <laughs> there's no oil can and no floppiness in the panel. Um, flatness, the, the ability to get a dent flatter, um, is, is higher. Right. Um, so that's what I did. So that's my whole MTE experience from the speech to the dent trials, to the connection with new techs, to late nights, talking with people, uh, poker nights, <laughs> you know, stories, all that stuff, things that aren't replicable, um, in any other way. So I encourage you guys as I try to always do, but maybe I don't do enough. I encourage you guys to go to MTE, put yourself in that environment and encourage you to push yourself past what you think you're capable of doing, making those decisions before you think you're ready and then doing what is necessary, doing what you can to be ready when that time comes and to perform. So, um, super grateful that for everybody that puts on the MTE, uh, cause I, it looks, I guess a lot of work. This one was very well planned out. 
Um, thankful for everybody who puts on the um, Dent Trials or the Dent Olympics. Uh, they have a selfless job. <laughs> no one is happy with the judging after after the fact. Um, you know, we all think our repair was the greatest and uh, the judges don't. <laughs> they can't, right? One person wins and it wasn't me. But uh, I, uh, they, they, they got a selfless job and they got to clean up the dents afterwards. And um, t- tough job. You know, they do their best to give everybody numbers and not names so there's no biases in it and things like that. So they, they try their best, but just like a, a referee in a sporting event, like they're never going to get all the kudos. Um, it's only it's only the, the negative stuff. So I'm glad they continue to do it because I think it's a great way to, to put yourself outside your comfort zone and do something that's super difficult and super scary. So if anybody's listening that does that, thanks for that. And um, that's it. So went way longer than I thought I would, which is pretty typical for me. So I hope you guys enjoyed it, my breakdown of it. If you guys want to talk about dent trials, if you want to talk about dent repair, you want to talk about coaching, my mastermind groups that I have, uh, the CRM system that I'm running now that's completely transforming the way we do business, any of those things, you can DM me on Instagram at Coach Corey K, the PDR coach, or on Facebook, Corey Kleinfeld. Um, and I appreciate everybody who listens to my podcast. So thank you all. Um, and actually next week I'm going to run the speech I did at MTE. So if you were not there, you can hear it. So um, that'll be next week. And then I have some really cool interviews coming up that I'm going to hold a little bit closer to the vest. Some people at MTE know what I'm doing. But I have some really, really interesting (laughs) interviews coming out. So uh, stay tuned. Subscribe to the podcast, all that stuff. Thanks, guys. Um, We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of the PDR Coach Podcast. If you got any value from this podcast and want to do something for me, then the best way to do that is to subscribe to the podcast and give me a rating and review. If you want to know more about me, then you can find me on Instagram by searching for the PDR coach or find me on my website at coachcoreyk.com, C-O-R-Y-K.com. Thank you for listening and I'll be back next week.